1: The van life. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life.
0: This is the podcast where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. That was too funny. Paco just went to go jump up on the couch inside of our van. And he just completely missed. I don't
0: think he ever misses. He literally, like, bounced off of it and then oh, back into his bed. Oh, no, what happened? He'd like to get in the bed right now, but it's rainy season in Costa Rica, and his feet are disgusting. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the one thing about van life that you'll never really understand till you live the lifestyle is that <laughs> it is really hard to keep the space fully clean.
0: <laughs> so today's episode is all about... How van life was before we got into van life, so in the year plus that we spent planning to get into a van, versus what it's actually turned out to be in reality.
1: And I think we're even going to talk about some things that might not come up often, like stories that led us to really realize that this was the right lifestyle for ourselves.
0: Yeah, for sure. So basically, Frankie and I met on a beautiful Sunday in July 2008.
1: What, was it a Sunday?
0: Yes, it was a Sunday. Are you sure
1: about that? Because
0: I went out for karaoke on Saturday night and sure? got
1: very drunk. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was a Friday night. No, it know.
0: was a Sunday because we were hanging out and it was only supposed to be a couple of hours and it turned into many 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 hours mm. and then at like 11 or 12 p.m i was like i have to go home i have work tomorrow
1: i probably missed the giants game <sighs> that just, that in just, july just, i'm joking no, there would be no football in there's July. there's no football in july that's, that's probably
0: the only reason frank was free that's why i made it yeah But <laughs> <laughs> well, the only reason that our relationship continued is because we started dating outside of sports season well
1: i mean you looked at my dating profile what did it say it was literally
0: like, I'm Frank. I like sports. And then there was like 20 emojis of different sports.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And then it was pictures of me like five different ways or so that I could look. Me a little bit heavier. Me like full workout mode. Me with like all, like different hairdos. So you didn't really know which Frank you were going to get, I guess.
0: Yeah, and I mean the only Frankie I wanted was... I mean, realistically, I was getting out of a really terrible relationship And I just wanted to, like, hang out and have fun with somebody And Frank, I was like, he seems kind of dumb But he's hot, so he'll be fun for a day or two
1: So now would you say I'm hot and smart?
0: Yeah (laughs) What was that? Yes, you're very hot and very smart
1: Am I deeper than you would have expected? I mean that more ways than one. (laughs)
0: He's an emotional ocean, folks. But that has nothing to do with van life, so let's get back on track. So, what happened on our first date? It
1: does have something to do with it, yeah. So, on our first date, I actually told Alex that I wanted to travel, so don't get attached.
0: And so, what was your plan for this travel?
1: So, the plan for my travel wasn't van life yet. My plan was to have, like, a pickup truck and pull a Mini Mate behind the back of it, and have like the brand new truck, the brand new Mini Mate, and then kind of travel around, hopefully finding free places to park. Um, But my plan was to really stick to the mountains, probably learn how to downhill mountain bike, because I was really interested in snowboarding at the time, Um, and I know that if I could have found free parking in the mountains, I probably would have stuck to that, and I would have went into downhill mountain biking as well which I never really got into.
0: So what inspired you to want to do this trip in the first place?
1: What inspired me to do this trip really I think was more, I always wanted to live my life to the fullest and by that for me it was travel and like getting to see new places and really like to live my best life. So for me that was at the time snowboarding and and hiking and going to different places um, that I thought were beautiful and yeah, I thought this was a really good opportunity and way to be able to fit that in, and then along the way I could make money. Didn't you know?
0: wasn't there something about a snowboarder with like a
1: with a fire truck? There was, yeah. Actually, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Cause it's been so long since I watched the videos, but he had a he had a fire truck, an old fire truck that he built out with his dad, and on the bed of it he built a tiny house, and it even had like a little seating area outdoors. And like a, a wood fence kind of going around it. And then he had all his different boards kind of strapped to the side of the, the back of like where the house is, you know? And I had like a little wood fire stove and all. Like it was really cute, you know? And I know that he was living in Mount Bachelor for a while out of it, uh, snowboarding every day. And I think it was probably like 15 bucks a day or something like that for you to be able to like camp out mm. on the mountain. Cool. With hookups.
0: And so you saw this guy who was basically living in a vehicle, snowboarding every day, and you thought, I want to do that.
1: Yeah, not only did I think I want to do that, but I thought, like, that it was actually a sustainable lifestyle. You know, like, in the general sense of, I was living in New York City, and granted, I was living with my grandma at the time, but I was looking at other people that were not living in the same situation as I was, and they were paying a ton of money for rent. So... Mm -hmm. For me, I was like, ah, I could, like, live on the road and it could be, like, kind of free in a sense. Um, But I didn't really know what it took.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, for me, Frankie, you know, on our first date, proposed this idea of long-term travel. And it was interesting because prior to meeting him, I had put together this whole bucket list of, you know, things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. And one of them was like traveling in like an RV or something like that across the United States. And so I had this idea.
1: Why, why did you have this idea? Like, why was that on your bucket list?
0: You know, I just always thought that it was a really cool way to travel. My family never really did any kind of like, you know, like we maybe went camping like twice when I was a kid. We did some like long road trips and things like that, but I don't know, I just thought that it would be cool to, you know, have the freedom of, you know, long-term travel Mm -hmm. in the RV. And it was something that I'd never really done before. And I don't know if I saw something or... Because it had been on my bucket list for a long time, so I don't know exactly what triggered putting it on there. I also have on there to, like, live completely off the grid for a year. So that'll be interesting if we ever... I mean, we kind of do that, but, like, kind of not. I don't know. we need
1: fuel still to, like, like, so you're kind of on the grid because we have to put fuel in our Well,
0: and also we still go to the grocery store for everything. So my idea of, like, off the grid would be, like, I've got a pantry full of, like, stuff. We're foraging. We're hunting. We're, like, surviving
1: Mm -hmm, off mm -hmm.
0: grid. And so it's funny because I never really had experiences like that, like, these really deep nature experiences, but something inside of me was, like, Wanting to do these outdoorsy things
1: mm-hmm. So on this first date We're hanging out We're having a wonderful time And this was supposed to just be like A quick fun date, no?
0: Yeah, like an hour or two
1: Yeah, like an hour or two But this date turned into like An 8 to 12 hour date I don't even know how long it was All I know is I was dropping Alex off Back at her house At, you know, I think it was like 1.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning I picked her up like, early afternoon. It was a long, amazing date.
0: And so Frankie, he kind of, you know, said, oh, like, don't get attached, I'm going to be traveling. But then, like, later on, he kind of said, you know, well, if you'd like to come on this trip with me, like, that would be cool.
1: Yeah. And, I I mean, it it was a little bit of a joke, but at the same time, I really enjoyed Alex's company, uh, on that date and I just, you know, you, I felt a spark and I felt that there was something there for the two of us. So it was like kind of like, hey, I'll leave this there. If you take take it out if you want to. Hopefully she didn't take it as like a bad thing. And obviously she has not. We are now married. <laughs> well, so the
0: first thought that went through my mind when you said that was like, hell yes. Yeah. But then I didn't want to say that out loud because I felt like it was a little bit crazy. <laughs> And we'd only known each other for like a few hours max, plus maybe like a week or two of like you know Chat online. Online chatting. We met yeah. through a dating website called Bumble. Um but so anyways, my immediate reaction was like yes, like that would be so cool. And then I, you know, like, tempered my, like, coolness on the outside and was like, yeah, yeah. She did pretty good. She did pretty good at it. So, anyways, we, you know, continued dating, obviously, and...
1: So, my plan was to be on the road in six months from that time. Obviously, uh, so, uh, not obviously, because you guys don't know, I was actually (laughs) injured before that, before Alex and I went on that date. I, like, just got back to work and was feeling, like, comfortable enough to put myself back out into the dating scene as well. Because my injury was finally, you know, not where it would hurt my performance in any type of way.
0: Oh, my God,
1: Frank. What? I'm just being honest. This you is know? a family channel. This isn't the channel. This is the podcast. It's and a family I show. I highly doubt very young kids listen to this. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is, is that, like, I was injured and I, at the time, you know, wasn't making the same type of money as if I would have been at work. I did have uh, some money coming in through like Aflac and insurance that would cover me that I paid for a monthly. So just in case if something like this happened, I would be covered in at least my bills. And so I, I just got back to work and, you know, I was, I was busting my butt to try to make some extra cash to like stack away. But during this whole time, Alex was asking me tons of questions about like how I want to do it and what I want to do. And you know, have you thought of this and have you thought of that? And I think I also kind of planted the seed that, like, the way that you want to do this is
0: very expensive. Correct. Like a brand new truck and a brand new trailer. Even
1: just, like, how much would you think gas would be to fill that truck?
0: Right. And then, like, the actual, you know, machines are, like, $80,000. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that this well, was, like,
1: pre-crazy inflation. Also for, like, what I wanted at the time.
0: Right. Yeah. So I was like, you know, $80,000, if you don't have that cash, like, you're going to be looking at a monthly payment. That probably of, like... would have been
1: both, like, together yeah. Yeah, then, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: but, like, you know, it would be a monthly payment of XYZ, and then mm. I think, Frank, originally you were thinking, too, like, you would probably snowboard a lot and then end up, like, parked in one town because you'd have to, like, start working
1: again. Yep. So,
0: like, maybe you'd make it out to the West Coast, and then you'd have to figure out a new job and, like...
1: Yeah, I'd probably work during the snowboard season at different mountains and whatnot um, or at a mountain and maybe figure out a way into a career like with Icon or Epic of like being able to jump resort to resort, something like that. That was kind of probably my plan. Um, Also, having the refrigeration background, I probably could have became a snowmaker um, pretty easily and maybe made my way up the rankings or some something along those lines Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah so with all that being said uh now alex and i had like she shows me this she asks all these questions and then all of a sudden like she's like hey i got something for you like a couple months down the road and i'm like okay cool like what what are you gonna show me she's like it's a surprise i'm like okay so we go upstairs into our apartment and she pulls out a computer and sure enough just opens up this express, spread Excel sheet. You can sheet. never say that. I can never say it. <laughs> Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, Excel spreadsheet and pulls it open and it's every single dollar that I need to save like for to be, to be able to live this lifestyle and exactly what I need to do to be able to do it for one year without having to worry about working.
0: Yeah, and so I had basically put this spreadsheet together based on... Of course, some information that Frankie gave me. But also, while this was all going on, I was binging tons of, like, van life and travel content. Mm -hmm. So, I had an office job, which meant that I had a lot of time to watch YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, if anybody can relate to that, you know, drop a five-star review and leave a comment and let us know.
1: Um, But, yeah. Uh, I want to also say that... um, When Alex showed me this spread, when Alex told me or showed me this sheet, right, (laughs) I then was like, my jaw dropped, but like inside I was like, oh my God, this woman is amazing. To even put the time to put this together, you know, she obviously wants me to, you know, live my best life and create and, you know, succeed in my goals. And I was like, there's something missing. And she's like, what? And I'm like, you're not on here. And sure enough, Alex had her own. I swooped the page over, and I had my own spreadsheet. <laughs> and I was like, yo, we're in this together. Like, that was, the, that was the biggest moment where I knew 100% we were in it together.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he'd never really, like, formally invited me beyond, like, our first date. Like, we'd talked about it a lot, but, like, it was never something that we were necessarily doing together and at this point it was we were maybe only six months into our relationship Mm -hmm. so it was all very new and fresh and so like I don't want to come across as like oh like I'm coming on your trip (laughs) (laughs) you know and you probably I don't know maybe
1: you just didn't even think about it well I did I just didn't want to like if if you were interested you probably would have brought it up again like down the road as you asked me those questions I would have thought you would have brought it up but then it solidified the fact that you definitely wanted to be a part of it when you made that spreadsheet. And that's why I was like, well, where's yours? Right. You know, and, and you were working on it in the background anyway, you know, because I think you had that... under We had that understanding from the first date mm-hmm. that I was down for you to come. Right. And our love was growing for each other even more every day. So I think at that point we really knew that, like, I wanted you to be there with me.
0: Yeah. So... We've got the spreadsheet. And basically I made it based on the information that Frank gave me and all the YouTube videos that I had been watching. Mm. And so I was watching people like Trent and Alley, Eamon and Beck, the Nomadic Movement, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Adventure, uh, Combi Life, uh, so many different creators. Like I can still picture some of the videos in my head of like creators that I haven't seen again since. So like, maybe they're not making content anymore. But, like, people with dogs, people without dogs, because that was another thing. We wanted to get a dog, but then, like, we weren't sure how it would work, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But so, anyways, I was watching their, like, budget videos and how much it costs to do this and how much it costs to do that and all these things. And so, as I was looking at it, I was putting spreadsheets together. Like, okay, if we're going to travel, you know, like this, like, how much would the vehicle cost and how much would this cost? And so, I put a whole spreadsheet together of, like, all of our monthly expenses and then i multiplied that by 12 and mm-hmm. i said that we need to each save this much money for us to be able to travel for one year mm-hmm. because our original van life goal was to do one full year of travel without having to work without having you know to earn any income so we needed you know i think it was 1200 or $1000 each per month times 12 it was right around a thousand dollars yeah so we each were supposed to save we gave ourselves a one year kind of like ramp up so basically from january 1st 2019 to december 2019 we had to put away an extra thousand dollars every single month into a savings account so we each saved twelve thousand dollars twenty four thousand dollars total which was ridiculous because before that I feel like I was budgeting all of my money away every single month and, like, just buying stuff and paying for things and living in New York and whatever. And then somehow, magically, I was able to put away $24,000. Probably. 12, not
1: 24.
0: Oh, sorry. I was able to put away $12,000 probably by, like, July or August. You
1: said 21.
0: Oh, my God. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever, Frank. Whatever. I put away my money by, like, the summer I was done Saving all that money. So like and then, six
1: months, you saved 12 grand.
0: Which is nuts. Yeah.
1: Well, we kicked out everything in our lives that were like costing us money. And like even, you know, going out to bars with friends and stuff became something that we were not interested in. Buying um, like
0: an $8 coffee, like going out for lunch. We were packing our lunches every day. We were making all of these choices of like, I'm not going to buy new clothes. I'm actually going to start
1: selling clothes. I would say I ate out a lot more than you did. So, like, saving that money might have took me a little bit longer. But, but you I was were also a,
0: earning more. I was,
1: yeah, I was working a lot of overtime, too. Yeah. So, like, not only was I earning a little bit more, but I was also working overtime to make even more money. Um, and I was doing a lot of it at that time because in the beginning I wanted to, like, kind of get a head start on it. And um, I was able to really stack away a bunch of money. I think I wound up putting away about sixteen grand, uh, and then I have another story for you guys that really helped out, but um, that will be a little bit later in the podcast. But yeah, I, I put away about sixteen grand in that time in that year span to be able to like solidify the fact that I could afford this and and have enough money. So this was for a year of travel without having to work. This mm-hmm. was the idea of it. So, if you want to be able to live life on the road for one year without having to work, you have to put away a significant amount of money.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, that's something that we talk about in our van life book that's available on Amazon is like how to figure out what you need to put away and how much you need. And honestly, probably a lot of the numbers have changed since I originally wrote that book because, Mm -hmm. you know, everything has just gotten more expensive. So unless you're planning on, like, working on the road, you really do need to have a savings account. If you guys remember a couple months back in our news podcast, there was a girl who moved into a van and then basically ended up homeless because she had no money. She had no savings. She had no, you know, cash and then, like, you know, an engine repair and then, you know, and it's like if you're not prepared and set up properly, you know, you might end up in not a great situation. But the fact that we were able to save so much money as people who weren't really great at saving a ton of money, it just really proves that if you prioritize, set goals, set goals and every dollar that you spend, you think about and you say, you know, do I want to buy this thing right now or do I want to buy a max air fan? Mm -hmm. You know, like those were the choices that we started making and it became very easy to not spend the discretionary money. Like, yeah, sometimes we still went out, and yeah, sometimes we ate out, or, you know, if we were building all day and we were exhausted.
1: But we would pick places in New York that we knew that were super cheap to eat at. So, like, we would go to places that it was, like, $2 for a meal or $5 max for a meal instead of going to the place where it was $20 to $25 a meal. You know, it, you have to prioritize, you know, sacrificing maybe the fa- the fancy-styled food and go get the something that is really quick and easy for you. And honestly, some of that food is better anyway, in my opinion, if you know the right spots. And we had some good spots in New York.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely ate well. But then also, I mean, it's not great for your body, but we also cooked a lot. Yeah. So we spent a, like, you know, a fair amount of money at the grocery store because you know we were trying to make all of our meals. But anyways, it is very possible to save a lot of money. So... If you, you know, are somebody who struggles with that, like, you can absolutely do it. And now that we've been on the road for a couple of years, I think that that kind of shift that we made in 2019 to, like, start thinking about making the more economical choices, to, you know, think about our budget and to plan and to save money, like, has helped us on the road to be able to extend our travel, you know, we were
1: only gonna do one year, but now we're at year three. What was the thing that worried you the most before getting the van, you know, when it came to that aspect of the life of saving the money and uh, getting yourself ready for van life?
0: I think I always had a bit of a fear of like, not having a paycheck, because I'd always had a paycheck, right? Like. Throughout college I was working at restaurants. Um I basically graduated and got a job immediately. Um you know from a summer internship that I had done the year before. I was super used to and conditioned to after like 10 years of corporate like every other Friday I'm getting a paycheck. You know, and I know exactly how much money it's going to be and I know what time it's going to hit my account. And I know, you know, I'm going to pay this bill and that bill and my rent and and then I'm going to have this much left over. Like I just, it was very easy to be meticulous with all of that because you knew exactly where the money was coming from. Mm. So for me, it was scary to like be like, okay, we have $24,000 or whatever the money is. And from this point forward, it's just going to become less and less and less. And that for me... Was a really scary mindset shift that didn't really kick in maybe month one or month two. But then once you, like, because I feel like when we first got on the road, it was like, you know, fun and we're spending and we're going out and we're having a good time and like things are fun, you know, it's like a vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you look at your bank account and you're like, oh.
1: It falls quick. I'll we've made much. some
0: mistakes.
1: Yeah. And I, I, like looking back at it now, I don't think we make it, made really any mistakes. It's just, uh, at the time when you're so used to money coming in uh, and, and spending it at the same time, your bank account either stays the same or goes up if you're making enough money. But at, when you're not making any money and you just see it going down, it is really a scary feeling. For me, the scariest feeling was I had a lease that I, um, that I got, which was a, not a smart thing to do before I was going to make this lifestyle happen. Well, you actually, it was so silly. I got swindled.
0: But he had a lease, and then the lease was up. And then instead of just, like, getting out of it and walking away, he signed up for a new two-year lease, even though he knew that we were going to be leaving in, like, eight months.
1: Realistically, what I should have probably did was buy that first Wrangler for, like, a cheaper price. Right. And then walked away, but instead I got the fancy Wrangler and uh put myself in a hole um and it was a bad decision on my part and this is where things were scary to me because I thought I was going to be able to trade that that jeep in get the cost covered and then get something like a van that we could have that's more brand new um and get us on the road in that van that I then bought you know for us with trading in this jeep That did not happen.
0: We went to the dealership that he got the lease with, the guy who had sold him this whole, like, idea. And we go in there, and the guy's basically like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to work it out. I'm going to da-da-da. He, like, goes, he chunks his numbers in the computer. And he comes back, and he tells us, okay, I've hidden the cost of the Jeep into a new Ram Pro Master." So your payment is only going to be, like, $1,200
1: a month. And we're like... What? Like, like the van is only 40000 bucks. max. He's like,
0: yeah, but you have to pay for the whole Wrangler and the whole vehicle.
1: I'm like, this is a lease, buddy. Why would I have to do that? Like, you should be able to take this thing back. I've already paid the value of it, you know, in this period of time. But he's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't worry. You owe $80,000 between the two. And we're like, no, that's not how this works. But basically... Push came the shove. I was pissed off. Alex never seemed this mad. I was washing my hands with hand sanitizer, cleaning them, calling them dirt bags, uh, and my hands felt dirty because of them. But it was just funny. But with that being said, we knew that we had to come up with a new plan. And for me, this was the scariest thing because now I owed quite a bit of money on this Jeep and I had to figure out how to get out of it. And we looked into
0: a couple of things so there is such thing as a lease transfer where you get somebody else to take over your lease unfortunately the way that this contract was written that was not allowed we looked into like how do you pay it off how do you get rid of it and basically it came out to like you have to pay a lot of money and then maybe we'll let you off
1: yeah so basically i had to pay the rest of the vehicle off And I was supposed to leave the last payment for whenever the time the last payment went through and the dealership was actually supposed to pay it, which doesn't really make any sense to me. Why in any way, shape or form would they pay that? You know, whatever. Um, So now at this point, I knew I owed at least like, I think it was, I think it was like $7,000 like towards this lease. And... I had a snowboard trip lined up with my buddy, uh, previously, um, that we were going to be going to Tahoe and we were about to, you know, just go for this travel. And I I kept saying to myself, like, is this the the right thing? Like, give me a sign that this is the right thing and that van life is the right decision for me and Alex. And, um, yeah, I, I wound up going out there and, and, um, we fly into Reno and it was dumping snow to the point where it was snowing in Reno, which is super rare. And we're at the casino and the place is like, yeah, there's no way you could get a car to go to Tahoe right now. Like, you guys are stuck here. We'll set you up in a room, no charge. Um, so we were like, all right, cool. And my, one of my buddies is like a crazy gambler. Shout out to Mate, you the man, bro. And um, we, that's the reason why we got the free room. And he went down to play three card poker and I came down with him and I was just watching the game and I really enjoyed the game. And the one way that I gamble is I'm like, all right, I have $140 in my account that I'm willing to like lose at the moment. That's the only way I gamble and that's the only money I gamble with. And so I, I after like an hour of watching, I decided to sit down at the table and I played the $40 that I had in my pocket and... I sat at the table for about an hour. I really enjoyed it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go grab that all $100 out of the ATM. I'm going to sit back down at this table, and let's see what happens. And go sit back down at the table. I played at $25 on each bet that you could do, including the bonus. And we were just talking with the dealer about how, like, if you don't play the bonus, you can't win the major or the minor. And so... I played the bonus, and I got a four and a five of hearts in my hand. And I look over at the guy next to me, and I'm like, yo, listen, dude, I'm about to win right now. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I see hearts everywhere I go, and I take photos of them. That was, like, one of the big things that used to happen, right? When we first started dating, I used to show you all the photos of the hearts that I would find. And um, the guy was just like, okay, whatever, weirdo. You know, like looked at me like, like I was strange. And my buddy Mate's sitting on the other side of the table. And sure enough, a six and seven of hearts come up. So I now have a straight flush. And um, now the bonus is coming up. And uh, I already won, you know, whatever the minimum uh, is for that bet. Or the maximum is for that bet, I guess. And then the next card I need to come up is the eight of hearts and sure enough she flips the card over and it's the freaking eight of hearts and i hit for the major on that table at the time and my buddy looks over at me and he's like yo bro you need to give me some of that money like you wouldn't be playing if it wasn't for me and i go mate you won too he hit a straight as well and he actually hit for the minor when i hit for the major it's like the most rare thing that could happen at the table and sure enough it happened to us and he was like, "Oh snap!" He gets all excited. So I actually wound up hitting for thirteen thousand dollars, the biggest amount of money I've ever won in my life. And uh, my buddy hit for fifteen hundred dollars. So after taxes, it came out to like nine grand. It was like one or two grand more than what I needed, you know, to to be able to pay off this Jeep, and you know, to be able to get ourselves on the road without any type of debt whatsoever. Yeah, What a blessing I immediately called Alex And I immediately said Put that money in the bank Don't you touch it I was like (laughs) I got you So I got it all cash And then I brought it to the bank And dropped it off at the bank uh, The next day And Man, what a blessing. The next day. Yeah, the next day. You
0: did it the next day? Yeah. You didn't listen to me? The banks were closed that night. Whatever. I can't put
1: in $9,000 into the bank when it's closed.
0: Dangerous, Frank. That's why they closed the banks in Vegas. So you just lose all your money every night.
1: Right. I took like a grand for myself and uh, was able to take care of some of the, you know, the stuff that we were doing. Uh, Me and my friends, like, you know, we had a luxurious breakfast the next morning. We had, like, a steak dinner the next night. This is before I uh, started eating more, like, vegetarian, vegan-styled. So, uh, yeah, we just splurged on food and fun, you know, and and we had a great time. Um, And the snow just kept falling. So it was an awesome snowboard adventure as well. And then I met Alex out in Washington to go visit my sister for the first time and Delaney. Mm -hmm. And it was just a... Like a magical week weekend, um, I feel like, for the both of us because this was a moment that like we knew, or for me at least, it solidified the fact that van life was the right decision. I asked, and I received. Amen to that. Right?
0: So, Paco, get back on your bed. <laughs> okay. So, we've got the money. We're ready to kind of, like, start looking and building. Originally, Frankie had this idea of the truck and the mini mate and through all the videos I was watching and things like that I had in my mind that I wanted something where you could go from the driver's seat to the living area without having to go outside.
1: And at this point I was watching a lot more van lifestyle videos too with Alex and also on my own time as well when I had some downtime at work and uh it was very intriguing to me. Especially for the fact that I'm watching these people that don't have any build skills whatsoever build out these really beautiful little tiny homes inside their vans.
0: But so Frankie did not want to build a van at first. And so we start looking for RVs.
1: Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put extra work on my plate knowing that I had to save this money um, to then take away from that work time. But then, you know, just everything worked out and... We were looking for these RVs, and everything that we looked at was just either out of our price range or just didn't pan out.
0: It was just, like, junk. And then we started looking at, like, ambulances, and we looked at, I don't know, we looked at, like, a bunch of different kinds of vehicles, and then we finally settled on, like, okay, we're going to actually build it. We're, like, committed that we'll build it, and so now we're looking for a van.
1: Yeah. And... We did a lot of searching for a van. We looked at a lot of different vans. A lot of them had like big oil leaks or just like needed a ton of work. Even the one that we wound up getting uh, needed quite a bit of work. But with that being said, doing it ourselves would make it a lot cheaper.
0: Yeah, so we definitely learned a lot of skills along the way. We got very dirty. We were exhausted. At this point I had moved in with Frankie um, so I left my Bushwick apartment and we moved into Garretson Beach together and we were literally spending every single free moment of time building this van.
1: Yeah. And so we built the van out. We, we really, that process was a lot of fun and interesting. And also at the same time, when we were getting close to being done, we were just ready to get on the road. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that first, like 10 months of travel that we did in that first van? Like, what was your overall experience in it?
0: I think there was a lot of highs and lows in the first, you know, in our first van, whose name was Lolo, if you guys didn't know. She was a 2003 uh, Dodge Sprinter.
1: T (laughs) one in.
0: And she was, you know, she was a TLC, like, project. She needed so much care. Oh, yeah. Um, And so I think for me, in my mind, originally we spent those six months leading up to leaving and quitting our jobs and doing all the stuff and it felt like we were racing to a finish line and so when we finally moved into the van and got on the road I think it was like a little bit disappointing that there was still things in the van that weren't finished or that weren't you know all the way working 100%.
1: I think it was because we were racing to a deadline though.
0: Right for sure and then also I think in my mind, it was like, once we're done the build, we'll be done and we can just enjoy. Whereas mm-hmm. it ended up throughout those 10 months, various engine things, various home things, braking,
1: various renovations. I would go on a whim and say, after the first two weeks, right? After the first two weeks, we really didn't have any issues until we basically stopped the snowboard season i well more like utah we started to have issues yeah there was like a
0: so the first two weeks we had no plumbing we turned our plumbing on the day that we were leaving and it exploded so we didn't have plumbing for the first two weeks
1: i guess we then did have another issue right before your parents house when the batteries got really low because we had no sun for a really long time and, and then uh, we had to
0: switch one of the batteries from the front to the back and like do we this, didn't like, have jig. the DC
1: to DC working properly yet so we we uh, We're in New Hampshire and the temperatures It got really cold there. It was probably like negative 20 maybe even negative 30 Celsius and the van wouldn't start the van wouldn't start so we, we finally got it turned over and with the adventure that we were on, we were doing 71 mountains that season. Well, we would go on to do 71 mountains snowboarding that season. The goal was actually 83, but that was the year of the pandemic, you know, regardless of that.
0: Let me talk about the goal for a second. Okay, okay, good. Because our original goal when we were leaving was to do all these mountains. We bought the Epic and the Icon Pass, and I did a spreadsheet like I always do. And I was like, well, if you're going to go to one mountain, you might as well go to all of them.
1: And originally, our intention was to set a world record.
0: Right, and we actually contacted Guinness, and Guinness, for a couple reasons, decided that they didn't want to... Recognize it as an official world record
1: Hashtag fuck you Guinness
0: <laughs> Don't say that
1: I gotta I gotta say it
0: No. Yeah cause it was
1: really rude of them And I'm gonna be rude back
0: It was. They weren't rude <laughs> They were just like these are our qualifications ba-
1: Basically what they said is We don't think that other people Could afford to do this Right But yet they have things in the Guinness Book of World Record That are like first person in space Most yeah. people cannot afford that Helicopter rides, like or like
0: that guy who climbed all the like Everest and all those mountains in like a very short amount of time. That like, is a
1: ridiculous amount of money to climbing do each like that. of those
0: mountains costs so much money. So yeah. Anyways, that's so why I say it. We mapped out the route for the seventy one mountains. It was gonna end us in Whistler, British Columbia. Then we were gonna jaunt up to Alaska for the summer, then head down and be Soft. in. Uh, Mexico by the fall, then spent no. It must have been earlier than that. I don't know. Then we were gonna go from Mexico all the way to Panama and be back in Florida for Thanksgiving at Disneyland.
1: Yeah, that was a, a very, very, very uh, what's the word? I'm ambitious, looking for? ambitious, and stupid. Yeah, we just did not understand what it took to really travel that far and how long it would take if we really want to enjoy it
0: yeah like I mean realistically if we just wanted to drive all day every day and maybe have like a couple days off here or there like fine but right now we're at like months I don't know seven or eight of this nine and nine adventure and you know it still doesn't feel like it's you know not that we've been rushed but it feels like You know, we could have luxuriated in some spots longer or we could have, you know, spent more time in places or we could spend you could spend a whole year just traveling around Mexico. And it's so
1: huge. And just like tell you, if you don't know what the nine to nine is, basically it's nine countries in nine months. And it's where we're traveling the United States, Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Honduras, Costa Rica, Panama and Belize all in nine months. So,
0: we were going to do that, plus the mountains, plus Alaska, in, uh, you know, less
1: than a year, 11 months.
0: Meanwhile, we've done that, but it's taken us
1: almost three years. I'm so grateful that the pandemic hit, and, you know, looking back at it now, I know that sounds crazy, because a lot of people are very upset that it happened, and I get it. You know, a lot of people are lost, and a lot of things uh, have happened because of it, Um, but... You know, for us, it was kind of a blessing. It slowed us down. It actually created F&A Van Life for us. You know, it, yeah. it was a moment for us to sit down because we were both making YouTube videos. It was a moment for us to really be like, hey, we should be doing this together. And that's when FNA Van Life was created. That's when we started doing these podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's when we started doing all these different things. And I'm so grateful for it because if not, we wouldn't be talking to you guys right now.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. So I think another kind of misconception before we left versus being on the road was this idea that we could do all of these things so quickly. Even people who were like, I'm going to do all of the national parks in one year. You know, and I don't know why we had this idea of like one year and then we're going to settle down and we're going to figure out where we want to buy a house. That was basically the plan.
1: I think I think the reason for that is, is that like we were pretty small minded. Like, we were ambitious, but we were small-minded in the sense of, like, the United States is the place that we want to live, and we're going to find that spot, and we're going to settle there, and that's it.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I think it was, like, also the mindset of, like, this is a one-year vacation, and then we're going to get back to, like, air quotes, real life.
1: Well, also, I think that we thought that we wouldn't be able to continue to stay on the road and afford living on the road without having the jobs that we had previously.
0: And maybe we didn't know if we were going to like living in a van or like traveling in a van. And so maybe it would just be like a one-year adventure. And then, you know, it would be back, you know, maybe we didn't love it. And so now we're happy to be back in a house. Correct.
1: Yeah. And I, I think we always thought about the aspect of being able to take that first van and sell it if we, uh, if we didn't like it. You know?
0: Yeah, I don't know, because you always wanted to like have that I van did want forever, to keep it.
1: and I do think that if we did settle somewhere, I probably wouldn't have sold the van.
0: No, because we could have just taken it for weekend trips or mm-hmm. you know like a month, here, or whatever.
1: Yep.
0: And it would it would have been like a fine rig for that, but for us, basically, by the time we got to like month eight or nine. The van was just becoming more of a burden than a blessing.
1: What was the most unexpected thing that has came out of being on the road in the last three years?
0: Hmm. I think that before we got into the van, I thought that I was going to have some kind of like, I don't know, like spiritual awakening. And like I would be meditating every day and doing yoga every day and like... I would have no stress, and I would be, like, so, you know, like, zen, and, like, my ultimate version of me, and, like, you know, I don't know, like, whatever, and the first couple months were really hard, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like, really hard mentally, emotionally, I felt like I was, I don't know, I almost felt like I was, like, going nuts at some times, like, I was, like, not feeling super stable I was still feeling really anxious a lot I was really anxious about you know where were we going to sleep and where were we going to drive and you know trying to like plan every detail of everything that we were trying to do and I think that I was just like I don't know maybe like like I had talked to a friend about like the idea of like you have to like detox New York because I'd been there for so long and like All this, like, pent-up energy and cortisol and all these, like, you know, stresses and, like, we were also moving so quickly, trying to do all these things so fast, and it just felt like, I don't know, I just, sometimes I just wanted to, like, scream. Like, I was like, I'm losing it.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It sounds like that you weren't only detoxing New York, but you were detoxing the normal like lifestyle that you you were taught from day one as a kid like going to school we're taught to be in this society and work these particular type of jobs and we're taught that for so long and then you get that type of job right and you work it for 10 years and now you're doing something completely different that's like like otherworldly different and not necessarily looked at as like what the mass society is like this is what you should be doing
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think for a while, it kind of just felt like we were on a vacation and like, oh, like, we're gonna have to go back to work soon. Like, it didn't really feel like this is our life now. I think that took a while to kind of like kick into gear. Because, you know, we had both worked for a decade doing like, Monday to Friday, you know, eight to six or whatever. Like, it was strange to get out of that mentality of like, oh, this is my one week vacation and then I'll be back at work. You know, like it was hard to ditch that.
1: For me, the most unexpected thing was the fact that it would be so comfortable to live in a van. Like now that we've been doing it for three years, it feels so comfortable and so nice to come back to our own space and lay down and relax. Um, It feels really nice and comfy and cozy because it's such a small space. I love that about it. I feel like when I'm in a space that's so big, it makes me feel almost, like, uneasy at times. Like, I don't know where to be in the space. You know? There's just so many areas you could be. And the fact that it feels empty, like, starts to make me feel like that maybe I want to fill it up a little bit. So... Yeah, I I think that we have all the belongings we need in the van. And it's like, you know, it's beautiful that it's like a backpack that you just take anywhere and everywhere with you. And you have your stand-up paddleboard, you have your snowboard, you have your whatever it is that you like. You're going to build out your van for that. And that was the most unexpected thing, which is just like always know that we have the stuff that we really want and we love to do at our fingertips all the time.
0: I think there's also been a big transition in our van life from the living off of savings to, like, working every month to pay our bills.
1: I mean, and being financially stable to a certain extent. You know, I wouldn't say that we... I, I definitely wouldn't say that we make anywhere near the money that we made when we were living in New York. But you got to remember, New York is a much more expensive lifestyle. So you have to make money like that to even just make it there.
0: Yeah. But so I think that, you know, starting to, you know, like you were saying, when we were in quarantine, we made F&A Van Life. We started working on that. We started doing the podcast and we're making the videos every week. Then we're
1: doing the TikToks and all this stuff. So, and, it, and it was a passion project at that point.
0: Yeah, for sure, 100%. But I think we were also thinking, like, you know, if maybe we're making, like, 100 bucks a month from YouTube, and I think, you know, we'd seen the bank account kind of going down and down and down. And then living with your sister and, like, buying groceries and, like, splitting grocery bills with them was, like, oh, my God. This is so ex- – like, quarantine was so expensive. It was
1: very expensive. We could not wait to get back on the road just because mm-hmm. – That means that we could afford to feed ourselves. (laughs) It was so
0: ridiculous. I mean, it was delicious, and we had made so much good food and, like, whatever. But, you know, we eat a different way than they eat, but then we were all eating together. And so, and then there was more booze and more snacks and, you know, all this, like, quarantine stuff. There
1: did come a point where we were like, hey, we're going to buy our own groceries. You buy your own groceries. I think that wasn't until
0: we got back, to be honest, like, when we came around the second time.
1: Oh, Uh, maybe. Yeah.
0: But anyways, um, by then I think that we'd been kind of like feeling the pinch of like the money kind of dwindling. Also like the travel that we had been doing, like there was one month where we spent like $900 just on gas because we were driving so hard and so fast. Mm -hmm. And so I think we were starting to like feel the pinch of the, you know, budget. And so starting these projects yeah it was a passion project but it was also like how do we like keep the momentum going on this adventure
1: another thing that was really unexpected for me in that situation was the fact that I started getting uneasy being in one spot and I wanted to be on the road yeah like I started getting this feeling this urge that I had to be on the road we were there for 50 days and it was like what are we doing like, we need to go do something. Mm-hmm. And not that we weren't doing anything with them, but we were stuck at the same physical address for 50 days. And Which that's is just crazy. a weird feeling to me now.
0: It's not a lot of days.
1: No, but it feels like forever.
0: <laughs> I know. And I think that's the longest that we were anywhere. <laughs> you know, like we were in Alaska for 66 days, but we were bumping around the whole state all over the place. I think that it also. I don't know, like, when we were living in New York, obviously you have your apartment, you're there for, like, years or whatever, um, and that doesn't, like, hurt, and I think that if we had kind of, like, a home base, because I think that's kind of what we're aching for at this point, is a little bit of a home base, even if it's just, like, a storage locker or something, to, like, get some of the stuff out of here.
1: I feel you with the storage locker thing, but, uh, I don't know if I'm yearning to be in one spot no not at all i don't think so i think that like i really enjoy traveling and moving around and going places it'd be nice to have a place to go back to for say maybe a month and then get the hell out of there and, and we'll see that might change but like right now at the moment at like as we're talking about this stuff it makes me realize that like i don't love being in one spot
0: Yeah, but I think if it was your spot, you might like it a little bit more. But will it be your spot? I don't
1: know. Yeah, these are just, you know, random questions. But, you know, we'll see when that time comes. Regardless, I don't know how I would feel about it. I guess the only thing that you could do is wait for when that podcast comes out.
0: Yeah, I guess. I'm definitely wanting like to settle down a little bit and to like have a space again. Cause I think it would like be nice to have a garden. It would nice to like have a little home and it would be nice to like have these things and then also have the rig and whatever and like go for adventures and stuff. But like to have somewhere to come home to, I think is something that I'm definitely yearning for at this point.
1: I think I would be okay with having that space and sticking around for a month and going on a week long trip or a two-week-long trip, and then coming back again for another month or so. You know what I mean? Like, I think that... I would have to, like, slowly integrate myself back into it. You're too wild now. Yeah, I'm a wild child.
0: Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, because I feel like, too, when we get back, it'll kind of be like, okay, we've done, like... I think by the time that we were leaving the United States to come and do Mexico and Central America, we were feeling a little bit, like tired of the United States to be honest Mm -hmm. because we'd been to a lot of different states we were now like revisiting places for the second or third time you know there's obviously still a lot of places in the states that we haven't visited and it's not like we've covered every single inch of it but it was getting kind of like I don't know, you're almost on, like, repeat again, like you were at your job. It's like, okay, we're going to go to this state, and then we're going to go on this adventure, and then we're going to go
1: here, and it just... It was almost like we were getting back into a hamster wheel that just went in circles.
0: Yeah, and so I think that got kind of, like, old. And so that's really what pushed and inspired us to do this 9 and 9 adventure, and it's been so amazing. Um, But I think by the time that we get back, especially with our return schedule being so quick like we're gonna cover probably like four or five thousand miles in like or kilometers in maybe two weeks Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be like a really speedy return um and then I don't know I just I feel like it's gonna feel like a whirlwind Mm -hmm. and then it's gonna feel nice to like land for a minute
1: yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. It will be nice to be in a one spot for a little bit of time, maybe trying to like set some roots in and figure out what is the next plan of action for us. You know, and our and our lifestyle. Is it still travel? Is it family? Is it, you know, making a garden? Who knows? Um, but I will say that this lifestyle has been something that I didn't see coming and has changed me for the better
0: Mm mm-hmm a thousand percent I think we're both very I don't know we're like the same people that we were before we left but we're also different in a lot of ways
1: yeah I mean if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while now like what what have you felt changed in us has anything changed have you seen growth
0: well, I think that when we first started the podcast, it was very much like, let's read from this script. Hello, welcome to the show. And then it's like, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're more off the the hip now. <laughs> like, we didn't have any bullet points for this. This was just strictly from the heart and the conversation that guarded itself. Yeah. But I think that everybody that is inspired to do some type of travel whether it's van life nomadic living backpacking somewhere if you have this drive and this want to do it go do it you'll never ever regret it ever this is coming from people that know that we will never regret this travel in our lives
0: yeah and i think too like everything has like a bit of a season too like we had like this first season of travel and then we had a season of building and now we've been in you know, a season of, like, America traveling and then a season of, you know, coming down and doing Latin America. It's been beautiful. So I don't know. It's, like, going to be interesting to see what the next season is. And I think that's another thing that you kind of have to get, like, okay with in living in a van is that, like, not always is it going to be the biggest, craziest adventure, you know? Just living in a van is a fun, crazy adventure, but, like, some days... Especially since that we've been working more and like that was what I was trying to say earlier about the switch from like Mm -hmm. just traveling and enjoying to like traveling and making a living. It's definitely very different. Oh yeah. Like um Diego and Lauren who are on the podcast, they're literally like at a co-working space Monday to Friday, eight AM to six PM.
1: Yeah.
0: And like working. So they go to a town, they park up on the beach. And, like, yeah, they're doing beautiful beach walks in new places. They're taking their dog out. They're, you know, eating at the local restaurants. And And like
1: they're waking up in new beautiful places all the time. It's great. But it's
0: different. Yes. Than just, you know, Ernie and and Allie, who've also been on the podcast. But Ernie and Allie are still living on savings. And they're literally just, like... You know, hanging out, reading a book, you know. They're
1: very much enjoying it more like it's vacation.
0: Because it is for them. Yeah. And they've they saved for years to be able to do this trip. Mm-hmm. And now they can just literally enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about how they're making money because they have money. And so they're not worried about it. Yeah. Whereas us, I guess we kind of fall somewhere in the middle. We yeah. don't have the 40-hour work week. But we work almost every single day. The only day that we don't work... Is because we recently instituted a no work day because we were or I was getting a little bit burnt out on so much work.
1: Yeah, I mean, we both were definitely getting burnt out, um, Alex more so than myself. And I think that's just because how we work things and Alex definitely is a workaholic, uh, you know, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that in the sense of when you have downtime, you fill your time at work
0: because there's always something to do, Frank.
1: See, that's my, that's exactly what a workaholic would say. <laughs> but if you
0: picked up some slack, there would do be less to, I work know? all the time.
1: I work all the time. I just know how to take time to myself and I and I do it quite often because um, you know, realistically that's my mental health. You know, that's my way of staying positive and keep my head high and you know, Having the opportunities to really get to know myself and, you know, take in the beautiful, you know, present moment, which is really hard for people to do a lot of the time when you have, you know, anything going on. But we have all this beauty around us. I don't want to waste it. You know, like life to me is too short to just be working all the time. It's half the reason why I got out of doing what I was doing because I was working 68 hours a week for somebody else driving for three hours a day for somebody else not getting paid during those hours and i just i just want to be able to be me and live and enjoy life and i think that we've found it with what we do right now and um we're so thankful that the podcast the youtube channel the all the things Um, you know, to the sponsorships and the brand deals and the people that we've got on board to, you know, on the Patreon. And I'm just so thankful for everybody that either listens or supports us in any type of way. Because if it's not for you guys listening and interested in what we're doing and what we have going on, we wouldn't be in the boat that we're in today. And we're, you know, we're so fortunate to have had this opportunity to be in these really wonderful, beautiful places and really grow as individuals. So I, I think I just want to say thank you.
0: Yeah, we're definitely very grateful. And if you're enjoying the content and you you know love this podcast and you like hanging out with us and learning more about van life, be sure to subscribe and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review. It really helps the show reach more people, find new potential van lifers, um, and really spread the message of, you know, anybody can do this lifestyle. Yeah. And I know that, like, uh, there was a, we got a really funny comment the other day, and she was like, you know, I love what you're doing. I could never do it, and don't you dare tell me that I could do it if I try hard enough because you don't know my life, and my life was this, and my life was that. So don't even you, don't even you come and try to tell me that I could do this if I wanted to. Save your positivity for somebody else, but like I love what you're doing. And I was like, that's super honest, and I can't begrudge you that, you know? So maybe not everybody could live it, but it's available for anybody who wants it.
1: Yeah, I would say most people that really want it could make it happen. Mm
0: -hmm. There's going to be
1: the rare occasion where just everything goes sideways. Life isn't easy, you know, but perspective does play a huge role on your life.
0: Yeah, just if you think it's going to be good, then it's going to be good. If you think it can work, then it'll work. You know, and And if the other way, then it won't.
1: That doesn't mean that every single moment of every single day is going to be peaches and flowers. You know, there's going to be moments that are going to test you. We get them all the time. You know, it's just our outlook allows us to balance that those moments with positive ones
0: yeah i think it's funny when people watch the youtube channel like especially when something's going really wrong (laughs) like you know some of the van or somebody messed up or we're stuck or whatever like they're always like wow like you guys didn't freak out
1: you handled that really really well
0: yeah like i'm surprised you weren't like screaming at each other or you know like whatever Um, So yeah, we're lucky to have each other We're lucky to be on this adventure together Even though it sounds like we may not be on the same page About what the next page is
1: I I don't think anybody's ever on the same page When you're reading the book It's very rare
0: (laughs) Anyways, we love you guys so much We're excited for you to come along For this next chapter with us
1: Before we close this out, I do want to say that Whatever page it is, I'm happy to be on it with you When we get there I love you I love you too. And we love you guys. Thank you so much. We hope that you have an FNA day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Van Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel. FNA Van Life. All that.